o'clock on Wednesday, and you know what that means. You're listening to the Hardwood Hoop here on Weagle 91.1 FM. I'm your host, Jake Gonzalez. Kick back and relax the next hour as we talk all things basketball surrounding the Plains and the SEC. Keep that dollar right here, and let's get on with the show. Welcome, welcome, welcome. After a two-week absence from your boy Jake here, uh, this is the Hardwood Hoop right here on Weagle hey, 91. Hey, careful with that name. You about to copyright something over here. Okay, it's not that much of a copyright considering you have no name brand. Your boy the Tank, my guy. As you can tell today, I'm uh, I'm joined by a good buddy of mine, uh, your boy the Tank, better known as in real life as Dylan Lark, yep. ho- host of Tank Talks Football here on Weagle 91.1 FM. Tomorrow. So that's not tomorrow, what, 1 o'clock, correct? Or yes. Noon? Yeah, I can't remember. 24 hours after the show. Wow. Or. 23 it's 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 it's, it's 24 it's close enough yeah it's i mean it's 24 hours from this moment so i mean it's it's 24 hours from the show yeah so today we're back after a two-week absence uh you know with spring break and all i was not in town and then i was at the mississippi state game uh, last week covering that for eagle eye um so part of my normal routine i'll be in greenville this weekend following your auburn tigers uh covering them for eagle eye as well so this week we have a lot to talk about. A lot of interesting basketball, to say the least. We're going to go over a little bit of the uh, tournament bracket for March Madness. Look into some of who we think are the biggest snubs and some of the biggest misseedings of this tournament. One big team in particular for the biggest snub. Yeah, of course. I mean, that's that's the one I wrote down. That's the one I can see. There's a ton of other options, to be honest. A tournament team that should not have been seeded, to say the least. Um, but we'll, we'll get into that when we get there. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit of Auburn's matchup in this tournament. Then we're going to go into you know the special segment, the historical hoopers of the day. We'll have a two-for-one special, just to say the least, since we were gone for the past two weeks. I feel like I kept it interesting. Feel I feel like I owe that to you listeners. Then we're going to talk a little bit about all of the coaching change in the SEC because, well, frankly, there's a ton. Yeah, it kind of just uh, fell apart after the tournament ended. <laughs> yeah, it pretty much once uh, Tom Green got fired from Georgia, it all went downhill. And then we're going to round it up with some pickups from what I think are some of the most interesting um, games from the tournament themselves in the first round. Uh, we'll do all the 12-5 matchups, and then we'll hit a few of the other ones um, that can be quite interesting. So let's hop right into it. Let's talk a little bit about this tournament. We're going to go over some of the one seeds from this, and then some of the interesting matchups that we see, some of who's got the easiest region perhaps, um, and along the lines of that. So, obviously, the number one seed overall is Gonzaga out of the West Coast Conference. Probably, in my opinion, the weakest one seed um, out of this. I feel like Kansas can make a uh, yeah. push for that one as well. Uh, Gonzaga or Kansas are definitely that. Um, then we have Arizona and out in the South Division as the other one seed there. In the Midwest, we have Kansas. And then in the East Region, we have Baylor rounding it up as all one seeds. Uh, Kentucky, Auburn, uh, Duke, and Villanova are the two seeds. With Tennessee, uh, Texas Tech, trying to I lost a three seed in the South region. It was Tennessee. Oh, Wisconsin, yeah, and then uh, Purdue. I think it is. Yes, yeah, Purdue. Those are the three seeds. I was, I'm not going to get into much of those because, relatively, those are all fairly accurate in my opinion. Um, Gonzaga was always going to be a number one seed as much as they play in a weak a weak conference out in the West Coast. Um, they only had one team from the conference make it besides them. Yep, which is St. Mary's, who are, who are a five seed. Good basketball team, to say the least. Um, like, we're not trying to harp on Gonzaga too much because... I will if you give me the opportunity. I mean, I will too. <laughs> but Gonzaga, Gonzaga, as much as people hate it, they are a good basketball team, whether or not they play in the weak West Coast Conference. But they're still a very, very good basketball team. So, I mean, it's it's we're not going to harp on too much of that, but... They are the probably, in my opinion, the weakest one seed, even though they are a good basketball team. That's not the harp on them from that. Um, so some the, probably the most interesting matchups out of the West region, I have Michigan State versus Davidson and Duke versus CSU Fullerton. <laughs> May I ask why you have CSU Fullerton on that? Um, <laughs> well, to say the least, I in my March Madness bracket, I picked uh, CSU Fullerton to beat Duke. Um, because, well, what's a more fitting way for Coach K to exit um, his final season as a head coach than in the most Coach K way possible, which is losing as a two seed in the first round? And true, I, I just I think there's such an intriguing intriguing matchup. Not only be, not because who Duke is playing, 
but because of all the pressure that's on the Duke players to oh, yeah, without a doubt to, to close the season out in you know historic fashion and let Coach K right off into the sunset with a national championship with. You, you kind of saw it with when Duke had their, their last game with her Coach K and uh, Cameron Indoor with UNC. Everyone shows up. Everyone showed out. It's going to be pretty crazy for all of those athletes. Look, another uh, good good game in this uh, the West Side bracket is uh, Boise State Memphis because isn't Memphis like, one of the hottest teams going on right now? Cause they, they really are. As much as I don't like Memphis and what Penny Hardaway has done there. Cause they started. They started off the season so bad. So and bad. I think once they beat Bama, I feel like their season kind of turned around a little bit. Oh, absolutely. I mean, like it's. I don't know what clicked uh, the second half of the season, but much of what Penny Hardaway does is run a like a very much a pro style offense, which is kind of just let his guys do what they want to do. And for the first half of the season, they were work. doing the wrong thing, <laughs> to say the least. And that that team looked bad, even though there's. I mean, you've Penny Hardaway can recruit. Like, oh yeah, without I, a doubt. No one, no one's ever like uh, been bad on his recruiting ability. He's an elite recruiter, well, mainly because he's Penny Hardaway. But he's as in the a Hall head, of Fame, right? Hall of Fame, no NBA, not yet. Uh, but he is, I don't know. He's probably not. He's probably not a top fifteen coach in the college or top thirty coach in college. I would, I would say, I would agree with that statement. But he might be up there with like recruiting wise. Recruiting, he's easily one of the top fifteen. I mean, you see, I mean, he pulls in James Wiseman. Uh, the top ranked recruit in that class. He's almost gonna. He almost got Jalen Green before. Well, the G League snubbed him. Well, actually, no one knows where Jalen Green was gonna go because simply Jalen Green was. He was gonna go to Auburn, and the one thing in the next interview, he was going to Memphis. Then he was always going to the G League. Who knows? Still not happy. I'm still a little salty about all that. But another good one would be uh, just to wrap up this bracket because I guess Rutgers. They play. They play Notre Dame tonight. They right? play. Notre, yeah, they play tonight. But I, I feel think like whoever it's six o'clock. whoever wins that game, I feel like is going to be one of the first upsets in the bracket because they're going. Uh, whoever wins this game, I feel like it's going to be Bama. Well, yeah, because they're. I mean, yeah, whoever whoever Alabama plays uh, a play-in of the 11th seed, which is uh, Rutgers or Notre Dame, it, both of those teams are very very capable of beating Alabama. And Bama right now is 0-2 in their last two games against 11 seeds. <laughs> Fun fact. If you include the SEC tournament and the NCAA tournament from last season, they are, considering they lost to UCLA and then Van- what was it Vanderbilt? Yep, Scotty Pippen yeah, Scottie went Pippen to the line uh, like 12 times in that game because that man just he, – he can get fouled. That, That's yeah. his strategy is to get fouled. Yeah, he was one of the most uh, fouled people in the Southeastern Conference this past season. I, I mean, wonder why. <laughs> he, he just, look, he's James Harden-esque in terms of his ability to draw fouls. I mean, it's... And he's Ben Simmons-esque in his ability to, to shoot, shoot anywhere else <laughs> but the free throw line. <laughs> ben Simmons is very good around the basketball rim. Don't harp on him that much. He's six foot nine. I would hope you so. You would hope so, yeah. <laughs> all right, all right. Let's... Uh, who? What region do you think is the easiest region um, in the in the tournament this season? I I know I know what mine is. I feel like I gotta go with Midwest. I feel like they have the weakest one seed out of the four, but that that brings down Auburn's <laughs> Auburn's case. But I mean the the bottom two of that bracket are really good. Yeah, I agree. The USC Miami and Auburn Jacksonville State. I know we're gonna talk about Jacksonville State in a little bit, but they're not as the 15th seed can be very misleading to people. Oh, absolutely. You think just, oh, well, yeah, they, they're they 15th seed. They're not that good, but they're one of the top teams in the nation. That's they're, why they're, they're one of the top 68 teams in the country. That's, I mean, that's why, why they're, they're, they're there. Bracket. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I feel like another one, uh, well, I guess Iowa also being in there kind of hurts a little because then they just win the Big Ten. Yeah. LSU in there, but, you know, What's what's going on in there? I know that's gonna be something to talk about later. But. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, I my that would probably be my second choice. I have the East region as probably the weakest regions. Uh, Baylor, as they're a good basketball team, they're probably the clear favorite to get out of that region. I think um, Kentucky is their only. It's really their biggest test, I think. Well, but I, my State. opinion, my yeah, Murray State. I mean, as well, he honestly, they're a little bit lower than I think they should be. I think they should definitely be a six seed or a five seed. I in feel St. like Mary's the case. East is going to be where we're going to see the least amount of upsets. I I agree. I think what Baylor Baylor should cruise past. Uh, UNC should cruise past. 
St. Mary's. I actually have Indiana upsetting St. Mary's, but that's a, that's a, that's a preview for later because it's a 12-5 matchup. Um, I actually have Texas going, Purdue winning, Murray State winning, can, uh, Kentucky winning. That Kentucky-Murray State matchup, though, potentially in the second That'd round. That would be fun. That would be a very, 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 very Murray State, I think, is on a 12-game like win streak? Oh, no, they're way past that. Way past that? Yeah. They're, the last time that they lost was against Auburn when they played here. That's right. I think they're – it's at least – I think it's 21 or 22 games. I don't remember exactly the exact number. But they're 30-2. and two. Yeah, 30-2. and two. Their last loss was uh, to Auburn on – I think it was January or – and they took it personally. Yeah. They made it everyone's problem after that. <laughs> they should have taken it personally. I mean, Wendell hit a logo three with a shot clock expiring. Like, he hit a half-court shot. I mean, that's... Back that's... when Wendell could shoot. Wendell can still shoot. You saw what he did in the Texas A&M game. Mm-hmm. Wendell can shoot. He, he can shoot needs, sometimes. He needs to pick and choose his shots. But once again, that's a tidbit for the later in the show. Um, who is your biggest snub from the NCAA tournament? It's got to be the Aggies, right? They caught caught fire in this tournament. They went on a big win streak to end out the regular season. And I mean, they have what they're twenty twenty three and eleven and they let Michigan in, who I think has the most losses out of any of the of the teams in IT and March Madness yeah. Uh Mar- Michigan the Michigan making the tournament is arguably the most surprising Thing to me i thought they were way out of the tournament i didn't think they had a chance to get in sorry um excuse me uh yeah i did the math right yeah michigan has more losses than all the nit teams what's their what's their loss total uh they have 14 losses and the nit the lowest one is 13 and michigan is an 11 seed that makes which, no sense how they're an 11 seed i mean i i guess it's because of their talent I think it's more the fact that Jawan Howard's there, and it's kind of like, oh, he's back. Like, they want to just slap the dude in the head, punch someone else. Exactly, yeah. Bring all that TV coverage. I mean, that's uh, that's. I don't know how Michigan's in the tournament. They obviously they were one of the top ten teams preseason rankings. That probably kept them around a little bit longer than they should have been. I agree. I mean, I I saw a graphic that Fox Sports made where they were doing like the AP. uh, They were tracking like the AP who was when what like in the top ten, and Michigan was there for like two seconds and then just you saw him shoot down and like completely out of the rankings and it was wild but michigan is not a good basketball team they should not be in the ncaa tournament would you put a and m in that 11 seed instead of them yes i'd put any of these nit teams over michigan right now if anything haven't been a play in i i the, the play-ins confuse me I sometimes saying nit i i'm in play in every time i say nit yeah that's like two minutes um on a, honestly the play-ins confuse me i to be honest, I think those play-in games should be all, like, the 16 seeds. I think that would be a really interesting way to do that. Like, because those are, those are technically the last seeded spots in the tournament. Yeah, I never understood the, the 11 seeds battling out, because if they're battling out for the 11 seed, wouldn't that also Wouldn't mean that mean they're good enough to be in the tournament? Yeah, they're better than the six, the 12 down seeds. Yeah, so why would they have to play the extra game? Yeah, that's game? dumb. I don't know. It's Because who else is the... They have it. I think there's a well, in the in the south they do it with the 16 seeds. Yeah, the south, uh, is 16. south, and midwest they both do it with that. But uh, it looks like on the, the west, the west, west they did 11, yeah, 11 yeah. and 12, yeah, which, which makes sense. Yeah, like put the those are the, those 16 seeds are the bottom four teams. Those are the ones that shouldn't be or like on the brink of making the tournament in yeah. a way. Because Wyoming, and Indiana are battling out for that 12 seed. Rutgers, Notre Dame for the 11 seed. I mean, to me, in my eyes, that means Wyoming and Indiana are good enough to make the tournament as an 11 seed. Why aren't they just in the game? It makes no in the sense tournament. to me. And have that, don't have to play that extra play-in game. All right, who's your biggest misseeding really quickly? Biggest misseeding? Yeah. Ooh, I'll let you go first. I'll give me a minute. Uh, my eyes, it's Kansas. I, I, I mean, really, Kansas or Murray State. I think Murray State could be moved up to a five seed, but I think Kansas is not a one seed. I think they're more like a three seed. I don't think they're better than any of the two seeds, and I think that Potentially Tennessee could have moved up to that two line or even that one line with the SEC tournament win, but I don't think t- Tennessee is that good of a team. That's just my opinion. I like Tennessee. I like that pick because I think Duke could probably moved down a seed. Duke, that's what I'm saying. Duke could also move down to a three seed. I think they should after they did not win the SEC, the ACC tournament. Three two seeds, <laughs> and they got handed the ACC tournament, and they still couldn't do it. So I mean, that's Duke really should be in that three seed spot. But here we are today. 
Coach K, they're going to ride it out. One final, one final loss as a two seed. We're going to go to a quick two-minute PSA break, and we'll be right back. So stay tuned right here to Weagle 91.1 FM. Welcome, welcome back to what the – it's the first hardwood hoop in like three weeks, and I'm sad I've missed it. It's been great to be back, to say the least. Oh, yeah. We're, we are here right here on Weagle 91.1 FM. I'm your host, Jay Gonzalez. Today I'm joined by at your boy the tank on Twitter, since apparently he – this man Dylan Lark has uh, copyrighted your boy. Oh uh, well, your boy the tank is copyrighted. Yeah, but you I got, said I you said got, you, you just got really close to like saying you you can't just go out your boy Jake. No, that's well. Yeah, I wasn't gonna do that. That's just not me. My brand. That's man. not my brand. My brand, if you want to find it, is at Jake underscore underscore Gonzalez. The two underscores on Twitter. That's where I'm at. You know, the the legend himself, the the runner, the host of the show. I don't know what to call this. I've lost my train of thought to say the least. <laughs> I haven't blocked on Twitter. He's not worth the follow. <laughs> <laughs> a little rude a little rude <laughs> all right all right uh so we in the first uh block of the show we went into kind of the tournament a little bit some of the overall shape of the tournament some of the missed seating some of the biggest snubs we had texas a&m as probably the biggest snub of the tournament uh considering i mean my only my only thing against that was the fact that they did have that eight game losing streak in the middle of the season that did probably but they did turn it around and well. win nine in a row as well so and that that kind of cancels out and took out what a the one seeds in the SEC tournament and the four seed. Yeah. So and I mean, Florida, who is what the seed above them? Were they a seven or six, they were six, six seed? Six seed, yeah. I mean, yeah, look, Texas A&M had a great tournament. Um, they are one of the better teams in the SEC. I mean, the SEC is anyone who has watched SEC basketball at all this season knows that every team in the SEC is good outside of Georgia and Missouri, and Missouri's even good at home. Missouri was really good last year. Yeah. In the, in the well, then they lost Xavier Pinson, and well, yeah, their whole team's gone. <laughs> they just fell apart after the after the bubble happened. Exactly. All right. So, uh, if you didn't know, Auburn will be taking on uh, Jacksonville State, the 15 seed. So Auburn's the two seed in the NCAA tournament. They will be ho- they will be going to Greenville, South Carolina, and playing at Furman uh, University. And uh, was it 11:40 tomorrow morning? Or 11.40 on Friday, I'm sorry. Yep, 11.40 a.m. Central Time. Sorry, I'm sorry. I've got my mind. I'm a little confused because I'm also I'm going there uh, to cover the game. and You're doing for, what I hope Auburn doesn't do and look ahead. Yes, and uh, I'm, uh, you know, in my mind, I, I feel like today's Thursday because or the game's tomorrow because I'm going there tomorrow. I don't know why. But let's go into the game a little bit. Um, some of the keys of what we who we think Auburn, what Auburn needs to do to win this game. Um, and some of the ways that you expect ja- Jackson will say to attack Auburn. Um, I've got my little list, so don't try and steal from it. Well, I've, I we we've been watching Auburn all year. I feel like we have the same thought process of what Auburn needs to do to not. So go know, into it. Auburn tell me, up. tell me what Auburn needs to do. Well, for one thing, uh, I was in Tampa for the tournament. I got to watch Auburn firsthand. Uh, do whatever they were doing against Texas A&M. Uh, key thing is... I mean, I know they weren't playing basketball in that yeah, game. <laughs> key thing you want to do is put the ball in the hoop, which Auburn was not doing that very often. Uh, Katie Johnson was one of the people who I think he shot 0 for 14. Yep, 0 for 14. Which the, I, Tony, the Tony Snell, uh, Tony Snell stat line, if you've never seen that. Uh, Tony Snell in the NBA with the Bucks at one point had 0 points, 0 rebounds, 0 assists, 0 blocks, basically just 0 in every stat category. In 28 minutes of play, that's essentially well, he what he was able to get his own rebounds. Though he he racked up some rebounds, which I was like fine with him shooting like that as long as he's like doing something else. Yeah, but over 14, I I think he was just like overpowering himself in the paint, just bull rushing, just throwing that ball as hard as he can towards the rim, and then it just never fell through. Uh, also, Wendell, uh, he can shoot when he wants to. He can't shoot also sometimes when he wants to. Because a lot of those, he he never takes a smart shot. It just goes in. He does and sometimes. Everyone goes crazy. And then he's like, oh, yeah, I can shoot. And then and all of a sudden he hits four in a row. Yeah, he's so slow to get hot, and he's so quick to get cold. Oh, no, he's not quick to get cold. He's pretty quick to get cold sometimes. No, he's really not. Because he'll get hot and he'll hit like five or six shots in a row. He'll have like a he'll have like a 10-minute a period of the game where he'll dominate it. I, I've just got to the point where I don't trust – a. Auburn's three-point shooting at this point of the season. At, at that all, that three-point shooting thing has been uh, the probably the biggest, uh, I guess, downfall of this Auburn team. Because we were all hoping whenever Al got back 
that we were going to have that for sure three-point shooter that we well, could rely on. I, I was never a true like three-point shooter. But we, everyone was pretty much in agreement that he was going to be our best shooter going into this season. Well, we would think that, but then we saw the emergence of Wendell Green and we saw the emergence of KD Johnson early in the season. Uh, Alan Flanagan's always kind of been that slashing forward who gets to the basket and kind of makes his own basket or makes his own shot from a layup, basically, or from inside the painted area. My opinion, what Alan does best and kind of helps this team along with is that he, another, he's another guy that can get to the basket and make a tough shot, which he hasn't been doing recently. And there's been some reports that he's not been at 100% all season. Since he's been back, he's been at about 85, 80%. Yeah, that checks out. Um, so what he what he can bring to the team, not only is just his defensive ability, which is locked down as always, but he also has the ability to get to the basket and open the wings up more for people like Katie Johnson and Wendell to take threes, or Jabari Smith, or Walker Kessler of late, who's been kind of hot from the three-point line, which is just surprising to say the least, especially with the way that he started the season. Uh, that's another big thing is give Jabari Smith the ball. Jabari Smith, yeah, I mean, like that's it's it's as simple as that. Sometimes Jabari Smith is just nasty. He's good at the game of basketball. You like the only reason Auburn was in the game against Florida and in the game against Tennessee late, and again again in the game against Texas A&M late was Jabari Smith literally just getting spot up threes and just hitting them with two or three people on him. That's he's NBA talent. Obviously, he's already apparent and we've seen that since the beginning of the season it's just sometimes it still shocks me to say the least yeah we have an nba player on our team and this is an nba superstar to be honest NBA superstar on our team and we have gone what four years in a row with having a a, a lottery pick at least yeah well last year we didn't have a lottery pick but we had two at one point sharif was a lottery pick and i don't know what happened there but he fell and Atlanta, Atlanta scooped them up, and that's a good pick for Atlanta. I rant for a little bit. I hate yeah. the NBA draft. It's so boring compared to the NFL draft. Well, it's the same thing. <laughs> it's really not. It's so much more boring. Why? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what it is about it. It's just so. It's just so much more boring than the NFL draft. I I love I love like the lottery. I think the lottery is great. It might also be the fact that once you get past like the fifteenth pick in the NBA draft, you really don't know who these people are that are getting drafted. At least for like for it, me, it, it's yeah. I mean, unless you watch basketball all of the time, like myself, like you don't know who a lot of these guys are. But <laughs> so I watch the, I I watch the entire NFL draft. I cheer for some seventh round picks. I'm like, oh, I remember him. That's not me. So you once like, you get to pa- like, past the third or the fourth round, I'm out. Round round two, pick like five of the NBA draft. I'm like, who's this guy from like Seton Hall? That's sad. <laughs> That's sad. You're missing out on basketball. That's all I know. Like Pat, like honestly, past the third round and the NFL draft, I'm out. I'm bored. Honestly, most time in the first round of the NFL draft, I'm bored because they take too long to make picks. Yeah, but if you want to get back to Auburn, can I? Do you know what's wrong with Walker Kessler's shoulder? Uh, apparently he got kind of the word I've heard. No, I'm not gonna get into too much of that. But the word I've heard is he got chipped up a little bit in the mm-hmm. Tennessee game, and he's been hurting since that game. He should have had. I really, no, I don't know what it is. I'm not going to get into it. It brings it to like my next point is we need more we need more reliable play out of our backup big man Dylan Cardwell. Dylan Cardwell. He he played fairly well against Texas A&M at stretches. Played fairly well, but then again, he did not. He didn't do anything on the offensive side. Yeah. He had a steal, a block, and three rebounds. A lot of uh, I'm pretty much all all three of his rebounds were offensive rebounds. I think. Or I think uh, one offensive rebound. Two two defensive, one offensive. Yeah, one offensive rebound. I was wrong then. Um. But, yeah, the one offensive rebound, he just was at the basket and didn't go back up with it. I don't know why. But At some point, put Devin Cambridge down there, too, to play like a stretch four. No. Duke can rebound. The Duke can rebound, but you don't need to play him at a stretch four. You can play him at the three still. It's, well, I don't want him at a three. I trust I trust the ability to rebound more than I trust his ability to, to shoot. Yeah, at the three, though, you can still get into the paint. Hence, Alan Flanagan and what he does well. All right. So I'm going to go into some of my thoughts about this game. I'm going to rant for a second. You can just kind of sit there. Um, so this Jacksonville State game, obviously Auburn, the big key for them is just getting back on track and hitting shots. They need some confidence. They need – I think this game is probably the most important uh, of the NCAA tournament for them. 
um, obviously outside of if they get deep enough. I don't think if they if they have a good game here and they can get some confidence, especially in a late-game situation, maybe if it's close, they can hit a few shots down the stretch, give them that little bit of confidence they need to get right back on track to playing the way that we all know this Auburn team can play, which we all know is at times extremely, extremely, extremely good. Like we That 18-game winning streak, no one thought Auburn was going to lose along that way. We were all kind of, oh, this was unexpected. We like to see it. Auburn is a very good basketball team. I know that's not a lot of anal- uh, a good analytic point of view right there. I just said that. I know. But that's what Auburn needs to get back to is what they were doing well in that, which was Wendell being a pass-first uh, point guard. Getting the ball to Jabari Smith in the mid-range, let him do his pro shot that no one else really in college basketball right now can do. Get the ball to Walker Kessler in the paint on pick and rolls, uh, even at the top of this key on threes now because he can shoot the ball well from up there. And Auburn's going to have to hit the three in this game because Jacksonville State, pretty much any team Auburn's going to face in the tournament, especially if they, if Auburn draws USC in that second round, if they get past Jacksonville State and USC beats Miami, USC's a very tall team. They're going to have to be able to hit their shots from outside of that painted area. Jacksonville State is going to do the same thing Texas A&M did, which is, once again, just crowd the paint. Auburn's going to take threes. They're going to be confident in their ability to take threes. You know, we saw it against Texas A&M. They're going to shoot it when they probably shouldn't shoot it a lot of the time. And that's been a harp that I've had for this team is that sometimes they shoot shots that they really shouldn't shoot, uh, Wendell and uh, KD specifically. But, you know, when they hit them, this, that's when you know the team's back to playing the way that they should. Yeah. And it's it, at some point that's, that shooting has to come back around. I don't think Auburn can shoot nearly as bad as they shot against Texas A&M. Because <laughs> that that is definitely their worst shooting performance of the season. It's cl- it's clearly this this Auburn team is more of a defensive basketball team. It feels like than an offensive time. I I our defense at times is more is way more reliable than our offense. Yeah, I would agree. Sometimes I mean we always have have the stretches in the first or at the end of the sec- uh, the start of the second half where the the defense is pretty much the only thing that's there and the offense is gone, it vanished, disappeared to say the least. But that's, that's some of what Auburn needs to do to get back to the basketball that we all know that we can play. All right, we're going to step away for another two-minute PSA break. We'll be right back after this. Stay tuned right here on Weagle 91.1 FM Auburn. This is the Hardwood Hoop. Those of you that are interested uh, in joining the Alabama National Guard, uh, just go to that website and you can join it. We, uh, we respect all those people that do choose to serve. Um, so thank you for that. Um, but you're listening to the Hardwood Hoop right here on Weagle 91.1 FM Auburn. I am your host, Jake Gonzalez. Today we're talking a little bit about uh, the SE, or the NCAA tournament, the March Madness bracket, uh, who Auburn had to play, uh, Jack, who Auburn has to play in the first round, which is Jacksonville State. Um, some of the keys that Auburn needs to do for that game if they, in, in order to move on to the next round. Um, we're gonna we're gonna hop into this one. We were gonna do the historical hoopers uh, segment last block, but we kind of ran out of time, so we're gonna we're gonna start off with the historical hoopers uh, in this block. So for those of you who have never listened to the show. The Historical Hoopers is a brainchild of my love of sports, obviously in basketball, and my love of history because, well, simply I'm a history nerd. And so we just dive into whether or not a random historical figure or figures, uh, and in our case today, uh, would have been good at the game of basketball. So today we have a two-for-one special since we have not been here for the past two weeks. I was going to do St. Patrick's or St. Patrick because, well, uh, tomorrow is St. Patty's Day. But I am gonna go for the two for one special, and today Fun on the... about St. Patrick though. What? Fun fact about St. Patrick, he's not a he's not a Brooklyn Nets guy. He does not like Kevin Durant. All right. If you if you don't know, it's a it's a bit of Oklahoma City Thunder joke because St. Patrick is best known for getting snakes out of Ireland. <laughs> <laughs> All right. There's there's the K- Kevin Durant shot for the day. The KD shot, not KD Johnson, but Kevin Durant. Um. So today, our historical hoopers. Uh, on question are none other than Lewis and Clark. The famed duo. The famed duo of Lewis From and Clark. The, the Louisiana Purchase? Yep. That's exactly. So uh, if you don't know Lewis and Clark, uh, they're most famous for the fact that they uh, traversed the, the Mississippi River from St. Louis all the way out to the Pacific Ocean, basically uh, exploring the the western frontier of the United States and basically opened it up for basically eastern 
America at that point in time because it's essentially what it was was Mississippi River east was all of what America was and then west we hadn't explored yet everything over there yeah <laughs> so what we're gonna do is we're gonna go into some pros and cons I'm gonna I'm gonna rant I'm gonna I'm gonna go into these I'm gonna go pro con pro con I only have two cons say I don't know why it's the only two cons I could find they all both happen to be for Lewis but that's besides the point um, they for Clark yeah good Clark, I, I guess since I don't have a con for him, he might he just be a He is the least Hooper. popular of the two, I would say. He really is. That's why his name comes second. Very basic name. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I'm going to go into the pros and cons, um, and we're going to decide whether or not they would have been a good basketball player, to say the least. So the first pro is that both Lewis and Clark were six feet tall. So they already got a, a decent frame. You know, they're working with some height there. That could be point guards, perhaps, even a shooting guard. I think you got a one and two here. A one and two combo, yeah. Then our our first con is that Lewis was court-martialed for a drunken dispute when uh, where he challenged a lieutenant to a duel. <laughs> first off, I just found this fact, and I thought this was hilarious. First off, duels, kind of cool. What kind of duel are we talking about here? Like the ten paces? Oh, yeah. Like, you you know, like, the there at one point in time, there was, like, a code of duels. Where like someone, if someone challenged somebody to a duel, they would have to like accept like out of honor, basically. Bring it back, like with like Nerf guns or something. That's what I'm saying. Like, duels really are awesome. Fun. It's like the like the uh, Hamilton and Burr. Like that that incident was the last case of there being like a, an you know, actual Andrew, duel. Isn't Andrew Jackson like he's won like 20 of those things? Yeah, like a, a ridiculous amount. Duels simply cool. That's that's the only that's a pro out of that con is that duels are cool. Um. But a little tidbit is that uh, from that is that Lewis was found not guilty, uh, and was they didn't want to keep him in the same division because they were in the army when this happened. They traded him, um, <laughs> and they transferred him to a new division, and it was the one that uh, Clark was commanding. So that's how the two met in the first place. So yep, both of them obviously were members of the military, as you can tell from what I just said. Um, the two led a group across the vastness of the country, and only one person died on their voyage. And it was suspected to be of a burst appendix. Appendicitis, basically, is what caused that. Yes. Okay. All right. A little, little bit of leadership there. You know, what ability to take care of their people. You know, you know, that's a good pro. Yes, it is. Once again, back, back to point guard, back to one, like one and two, that one and two combo. All right. Another con. Uh, when the two got back uh, from from their voyage, of course, of finding the Pacific, they were basically rewarded with like I think it was like twenty five hundred dollars a piece and like sixteen hundred acres of land each, and uh, Lewis was given uh, like the the title basically in the position of governor of Louisiana, and to simply say the least, he was a horrible governor for Louisiana, as to the fact that he was drunk literally all of the time, mm. and and depressed for the most part. But I heard those, that's not what you want out of governor. Usually not not ideal to say the least. All right, those are the only cons I could find literally on this. I spent an hour looking for this, and these are the only two cons I could find. Um, so we're going to go back into the pros. We have uh, one more pro. They would have cool heads because they took one of the largest arsenals uh, west of the Mississippi and only had to use it once, and it was on the return journey. So, like, when I say arsenal, it's we're talking guns, gunpowder, um, tomahawks, hatchets, all this. They only got in one fight the entire time, and that was on the way back. Once again, nobody nobody from their group died on that. The only people that died were two, uh, I think it was Blackfeet Indians, or Native Americans, um, in, that, in that little skirmish. But they had 200 pounds of gunpowder and 400 pounds of like, basically lead for for uh, the the musket balls. They also took this new thing called an air, like an air rifle that was uh, ingenious for the time, or innovative for the time which is kind of cool. Um, but those are my pros. Basically, cool head. They have six feet tall. Members of the military, so that means they have a fairly decent build, fairly decent frame. Going to be strong. I see like a, a DeMar, Chris Lowry type connection here. DeMar, Chris Lowry. Kyle Lowry. <laughs> Kyle Lowry, sorry. I don't know who Chris Lowry is. Chris Lowry. Who is Chris Lowry? <laughs> I have no idea. I feel like I just mixed up some someone else's name. Yeah, but, yeah. I mean... To be honest, like, 
they got the frame. They've got the wombo combo. They've worked together well before. They've been in the military for a long time together. They've known each other for a while. They've got that chemistry. They've got the cool heads. They can stay calm under pressure. Chris Lowry is an assistant coach at Kansas State. Okay, so there, <laughs> there is a Chris Lowry. We're talking about the wrong person. But we're talking about you're referencing Kyle Lowry, correct? Yes, I am referencing Kyle. Of the now Miami Heat, I think he's on. Yes, he's on the Heat. DeMar is now on the Chicago Bulls. Chicago Bulls, and he's absolutely on fire. Could be an MVP. No, he will not be. He's going to be getting some votes, I feel like. He's not even in the conversation. What do you mean? The the two right now are Jokic, uh, Embiid, and then Giannis Antetokounmpo. Those are the three for the MVP race in the NBA. DeMar should be up there. Um, But back to this. I can see them two being like like one and two for the Pelicans. All right, so you would say these they're hoopers. Yeah, I'll say they're hoopers. Okay, that's that's exactly what I have too. We still only have one person on this show that has not been a historical hooper, and that's Leif Erikson, which is kind of sad. I thought we'd had more by now. That's not. I thought he'd be a football player, Leif Erikson. Yeah, the Viking. I know, but still, you ha- you've heard it here first. Lewis and Clark joins a list of historical hoopers along with George Washington, Cornelius Vanderbilt. I can't remember who we did uh, the last time. Uh, the other one, uh, Lyndon B. Johnson, that's who it was, the Dennis Rodman of his day, and then uh, and Lewis and Clark now join the list. All right. So we've got five minutes before our last PSA break of the show. Oh, boy. And we're going to have some fun trying to break down um, simply the entire situation with the SEC coaching Should changes. Should we go to break now and then just bull rush the last 15 that sounds like a good idea to me. I think that's the easiest way to do it without having to break it up in the middle and give us a little more time to talk about this, and then we'll have some fun with the pickums at the end. So what we're going to do instead, uh, instead of waiting five minutes to go to a PSA break, we're going to hop into it right now. Um, so we will see you guys in two minutes, and we'll have an extended uh, extended end of the show, to say the least. So we'll be right back. Stay tuned right here on Weagle 91.1 FM. Auburn, you're listening. All right. Welcome back to what's going to be an extended, what, 15 minutes or 13, 17 minutes. I don't know. It's an, it's a longer last block of the show than normal. I've been uh, I've got the yips a little bit right now. You had a rough exit. To I that. had a rough exit to that last <laughs> and break. Then you and then I apologize. <laughs> and a rough intro again. It's not good. Um, but to say the least, we have bonus content in a way to end this uh, to end this episode of the Hardwood Hoop. There you go. Uh, so we're going to go into the coaching changes that the SEC has endured the Ooh, last week or so. <laughs> and let me tell you, there are a lot. So we've got uh, technically six openings, or five openings, but six jobs that technically were open at one point yes. uh, with uh, the Florida and Georgia situation. So Mississippi State, LSU, Florida, Missouri, and South Carolina all have openings uh, for head coach. Uh, Florida has an opening because Mike White uh, left Florida for Georgia, which is an interesting scenario in its own. Um, how how Mike White's going to do in Georgia after kind of struggling in Florida is kind of surprising. Big time. It's going to be interesting to say the least. And then also the fact that now Florida has to go find a coach when, well, they weren't planning on it. I think of Billy Donovan. I don't think they'll go get. I don't think they'll re get Billy Donovan on the Billy Donovan court or whatever it is um, for Florida at the Stephen O'Connell Center. I think is I'm, what it is. But I'm still shocked that South Carolina and Mississippi State fired their head coaches. I'm I'm, I'm extremely I'm extremely shocked that South Carolina and, uh, fired Frank Martin. I I'm a big fan of Frank Martin. Frank Martin is such a good coach uh, and has been a good coach in the SEC for so long. He reminds me of uh, I don't know if you've ever seen One Tree Hill. I have not. But one of my favorite characters there is the basketball coach Whitey, and he just him and uh him and Frank Martin just seem so much alike. Why? Uh, they're both just like I can't word I can't say on radio, but it's not bad. But they're like real tough on their players, kind of. Okay, all right. That, but like at the same time, like I think that's a good thing to be tough on your players. Yeah. If you're doing it the right way. So I'm, that's why I'm so shocked that he got fired. Because he's he's been a very consistent coach in the SEC for a very long time. It might be the same thing with Mississippi State. Like they always get like so close to it that they just like drop them. Yeah. But Mississippi State hasn't fired their head coach yet. It, but they're thinking about it. It's. I think it was confirmed today. I don't remember. 
or he was stepping down or something like that. I don't remember exactly. I know it's coming. They're going to make a decision on him after the NIT. Uh, The Missouri opening made sense. Yes. Uh, Kunzo was going to go out, especially after how bad of a season they had this year after a fairly decent season last year. Um, The George one obviously made sense, but they were quick to fill their slot with their guy and Mike White. Um, I think the Florida to Georgia transition is going to be, well, not fun for Mike White. Um, because, well, Florida, if you don't know, Florida and Georgia are big rivals. I mean, that's just kind of what it yeah, is. Yeah, that trip to Gainesville is going to be a fun one. Yeah, because they're going to go back there at some point, and it's not going to be uh, a good reunion. And from what that. I've heard of the tournament, a lot of Florida fans already didn't, didn't like Mike White. Now that he's on a team, they probably hate more yeah. than other teams. <laughs> and uh, they were uh, not being the nicest people to him or his family. Um, so it's also not going to get any better. Yeah, Florida fans in general are just not not stand up. They're not good people. Individuals. <laughs> no, but not. we're not going to get into that. That's not our place to say that. Um, let's talk a little bit about LSU and Will Wade um, with Woo. what's happened there. <laughs> so if you don't know, Will Wade was fired uh, last week because of a clause in his contract that he, like, I guess they – amended after he had signed where they could fire him for cause with any like uh level one violation um from the ncaa when they released their uh their findings from their their study into the the lsu program and lucky for lsu lucky for lsu there was five yeah there's five (laughs) (laughs) so (laughs) you need to explain everybody that level one does not mean that it's the or it's the the lowest on the totem pole. Level one is the highest. That's the most severe allegation. If you know about Bruce Pearl, Bruce Pearl's was what, level four? And yeah. what, a one-year postseason ban? Yeah. For level four. <laughs> uh, it, what Five, it, level for, one. But for what, I would say, what <laughs> Auburn, it, Auburn was very quick to understand that they were in trouble and they did a lot of good things. They were, you know, LSU. holding themselves from scholarships. They took themselves from postseason ban. LSU did not do any of that and, well, um, they're going to be in some serious trouble, to say the least. They would not expect the postseason ban to be coming for along. I don't football remember. too. As yeah, well. for football was I think it was also included in that somehow. Football, football, somehow got included, and I felt like they might get a ban too. Yeah, not um, as bad. Not as bad, but still, it's not a good look for the LSU program. Um, who's going to want to take that LSU job? Is my question. No one I can properly name. They're not going to get any big name coach. I I don't think that they can. I mean, I just is. I don't see where the program can go from here. Like, I mean, those people that have – there's a few solid prospects already, like recruits that have already signed with LSU. And I think I saw one or two of them already say, like, ask for their, like, letter like, – or, like, a release basically from it so they could go find somewhere else. I hear Matt Luke's available. <laughs> if he could fix Ole Miss, he might be able to fix LSU. <laughs> yeah, because – oh – because, I mean, I don't know if everyone knows the full story of what's going on, but they start off with a fiancé of a recruit texting Mike White saying, hey, I've got people from other organizations telling me to talk about how you're paying players. Uh, give me $5,000 plus $5,000 more, $5, more so I can put a down payment on a car so I can't, so I'll be quiet. And Mike texted back saying, call me. And then they found evidence of the transaction. Woman comes back a, like a month. Mike? Yeah, Mike te- like said, call me to her to like like talk are, about the are money. Are you sure we're talking about Mike White here? Yeah, that's what I heard at least. Oh, like Florida's Mike White. Oh, sorry, not Mike White. Well, Wade, sorry. I was about sorry. to say. I... <laughs> LSU and Florida get mixed my bread a lot because they have a lot of the same qualities about each other. Uh, but, uh, then she came back like a few weeks later saying, Hey, you should give me more money. And he, and Will just goes, ah, no, we're done. (laughs) And then she gets upset. I'm assuming she's the one that told on everybody. Well, I mean, he was caught on like, on like a hard wire, like a wiretap basically. Yeah. Saying, oh yeah, I'll pay you. But the funny thing is the woman that got caught with this, she's going to get arrested too. Extortion. Yeah. Yep. It's a lovely situation to be a part of. There is going to be a lot Go of changes in, uh, in the SEC uh, head coaching sphere for basketball uh, next season, so just be prepared for a lot of new faces. Georgia might not be the worst team next year. They might not be. 
All right, so let's go into pickums from what are the what I, I think are the most interesting matchups, some of the most upset potential ones uh, of the NCAA tournament. So we're first round, obviously, only because we don't know what the second round and or the third round are going to look like. Um, yeah, we do. You see my bracket. It's perfect. No. <laughs> Your bracket might be worse than mine, and mine is horrible. I'm banking on my mascot bracket being right. <laughs> Go Blazers. I might make a coin flip bracket, and I think it's going to be better than my it's run. It's definitely going to be. All right. All right. So let's. we're going to go through all of the – we're going to go through the four 12-5 matchups. All right. Because uh, those are usually the most upset, um, upset-ridden matchups, to say the least. Yep. And then we're going to go into an 8-9, a 6-11, and 11, and another 8-9. So we got six games to choose from. There's seven games to choose. I can't count. That's why I'm a journalism major. Um, yeah, 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 that's not. <laughs> that's not so out. So uh, tomorrow at 6:50 p.m., we have University of Connecticut taking on uh, New Mexico State. It's a 12-5. Kentucky or Connecticut is the five seed. New Mexico State is the 12 seed. Who do you think will win that game? You're the only person I've ever heard them just straight up say University of Connecticut. But yeah, I'm gonna go with UConn <laughs> in this game. Uh, you know, they're one of the few teams to have beaten Auburn. And I, they're also just a really good team. So give me the Huskies. I have UConn as well. Um, this one I don't think is very. I don't think Mexico State's really gonna have a chance. They might, you know, they might try and pull something off like they did the last time Auburn faced uh, UConn. And cool. well, maybe that means UConn's gonna make a Final Four run. Who knows? Um, I think UConn's actually gonna go really deep in this tournament. Um, so I think they're gonna go past uh, New Mexico State fairly easily. So later on that day, on March 17th, 7.20 p.m., I think these are Eastern Time. I don't remember. Um, Did you, were you on ESPN doing this? I was on ESPN, so I think they're going to be Eastern Time. I think they're in Central on ESPN if you have the local time zone thing on your laptop. I don't know if I do, um, but either way, it's going to be at 6.50 uh, Central or 6.50 Eastern, whichever one. It will be 30 minutes after the start of the Yukon game. Yeah, basically. Um, St. Mary's, uh, they are the five seed. They will be taking on Indiana who just beat Wyoming in the play-in as a 12 seed. Who do you have in this game? Ooh. Uh, I might go with the uh, – what is St. Mary's mascot? I always forget. Are I they, have no clue what their mascot I think is. I the Gales. Actually, yeah, I think they're the Gales here. Yes, yeah, so I'm going to go with the, the Gaelic speakers here okay. in this game. You know, All right. One few teams to beat Gonzaga. They're a really good team as well. I'm actually going to go with Indiana. Um, I just think that – Indiana is simply going to dominate the Panthers the way they did against Wyoming um, in that uh, first four game last night. So give me the the Hoosiers. I'm also a big fan of Indiana. They're like a childhood team fan for me. I don't know what to say for that. Um, I loved but, them last year before I learned they were a, a bubble team in football. Yeah. Um, Indiana, I've got them. So, all right, another 12-5 matchup. We've got Iowa, the five seed, uh, playing Richmond on uh, March 17th. That's at 3 10 p.m. Central Eastern Time. I don't know which one. Uh, it's either 2.10 Central, 3.10 Eastern, or 3.10 Central. It's probably best just to just, like, I'm just going to say, I'm just going to avoid the times. Yeah, I'm going to leave the times up from here on out. don't know when they I don't know what times <laughs> they are. They're, they're within one or two hours, so I'm not that far off. Just turn on the TV. <laughs> just turn on the TV. There's going to be a basketball game on. It might be one of these. <laughs> yeah. Um, who do you have winning that game between Iron, Iowa and Richmond? As much as I love the spider mascot, I gotta go with the I gotta go with the Hawkeyes here. I mean, they just won the Big Ten as well. They just won their conference. I think Iowa's really hot right now, so I'm gonna go with go with them. I, I in my bracket I picked Richmond uh, mainly because I don't think big team ter- big team Big Ten teams are gonna do well yes. in this tournament. English is a language that I speak. I can speak Thank clearly sometimes. Uh, shout out to Harrison Tarr for that uh, little phrase. I don't know. It gets me back on track. It works. Um, but I think Iowa's actually going to win this game. I had picked Richmond originally in my bracket, but I'm going to go with Iowa. First team All-American and Keegan Murray's been playing extremely well the last couple of weeks. I think I don't think that'll stop anytime soon, so give me Iowa. Then we're going to have another 12-5 matchup, which is probably my most intriguing one. I think this is going to be a really good game. The Houston Cougars, the five seed, are going to be playing University of Alabama at Birmingham, the Blazers. That's on March 18th. Battle of the Conference Tourney Champions. Yes. Houston won in the American Conference. The UAB bringing the, the Conference C- USA. The USA, the CUSA. Uh, but as much as I love my Blazers, 
my second favorite team in the state of Alabama. Houston is a real hot team right now. They just did they win? They won both the regular season and the uh, conference they tournament have. for the uh, the AAC. Yes. And just for that, I'm gonna rock with them. I am actually gonna take the upset here. UAB is also playing really good basketball right now. Give me the Blazers. I just think that you know the the former Auburn man Jamal Johnson is gonna have a hot shooting game. I forgot he transferred there. Uh, one of the hometown buddies, Trey Jemison, plays for UAB as well. So there's a little bit of that in there. The Hoover, you and me, uh, got to give him a shout out. Um, so give me UAB. All right. I've uh on, on the next three games, I just didn't even include the dates or the times, so I don't know which <laughs> days these are on. I got to be honest. Um, either the next two days, there's just gonna be basketball on. So just watch basketball. Yeah. <laughs> um, eight seed UNC is taking on number nine seed Marquette. Who do you have? The Tar Heels. I have the Keep Tar the Heels. Yeah, I have the Tar Heels as well. I just Marquette. I, I this is a an upset potential. Marquette has not been playing good basketball though coming into this tournament. They got wiped out by Creighton uh, in the Big East tournament. I was witness that one in person. That was a fun game to watch. Uh, but give me UNC. Then we have six seed Texas taking on eleven seed Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech is the ACC championships. I already see you doing the horns down. I have a feeling who you're gonna pick. Yep, you know it. Yeah, I'm doing the horns down as as we speak, and I'm gonna pick Texas to win this game. <laughs> <laughs> wow, threw me for a world there. I actually oh, yeah, that's the plan. <laughs> I actually have Virginia Tech winning this game. I think. Um, I don't remember what my bracket was. It's either it's obviously one of the two teams winning. I'm always scared to pick upsets, as you can tell. Um, yeah, I like upsets. I this year's bracket, I think, is going to be I, the that, most upsets we've ever seen. I could definitely see Virginia Tech win this game. Um, but I, I it's going to be close. Yeah, it's going to be a very good game. It's going to be a very close game. I have Virginia Tech winning it, obviously close. Um, they're just hot right now because they did just take down Duke in the ACC tournament championship, and they are the winners of that conference championship. Then the last game I have on the slate is number nine seed TCU taking on eight seed Seton Hall. I think this is this is a toss up for me. This is a toss up. I might just have to go with the the Buccaneer, the Pirate. The whatever. Pirate. Yeah, the Pirate, Seton Hall. <laughs> I think I think a Pirate can beat a Horned Frog. Yeah. I'm going to go with Michael. I, I, see, I see you're going with your uh, mascot <laughs> picks, obviously, for this one. Yeah. Um, I, I, I also have Seton Hall winning this game. Uh, I got the, I got a chance to see them, too, also in the Big East Tournament. Yeah, um, you got the being Madison Square Garden. Yeah, that's nice. fun. Madison Square Garden's cool. Did I ever tell you what that guy, what guy at, the, uh, at Emily Arena said? What? We were uh, Harrison Tarr tweeted about it, but it, this guy looked <laughs> looked at his friend and said, "This would be a really good hockey arena." <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here first, Elmio <laughs> Arena, home of the Tampa Bay Lightning, a hockey team, an NHL team. It would be a good hockey arena. All right. Well, that's all we have for uh, this edition of the Hardwood Hoop. I'm your host Jake Gonzalez, joined today by uh, your boy the Tank. You can find him on Twitter at your boy the Tank, also known as Dylan Lark in real life. Say say your goodbyes, everybody, until tomorrow at 1 o'clock. Right, make sure y'all tune in to Weagle and tomorrow at 1 o'clock to hear the latest on NFL free agency because, holy cow, it's been crazy. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Yeah, that's all we have for this week. Uh, thank you guys for listening. We'll see you guys right here, right then. I don't know. I've lost my train of thought. We'll see you guys right here, same time, same place. That's my word. That's my outro. Thank you guys for listening. This is the Hardwood Hoop. Just listen to the Hardwood Hoop on Weagle 91.1 FM, where we talk all things basketball. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll be back next week at 1 o'clock on Wednesdays. If you want to check out all of our other great shows, follow our Instagram and Twitter at Weagle underscore AU. If you can't get to our radio, you can stream Weagle 24 hours a day at WeagleFM.com. Until next time, have a great second half of your week.